Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to have uh, just a quick update here on a story that we talked about. Geez, I'm trying to think. Two weeks ago now, maybe? It was somewhere around there, I guess. Um, you may remember the Canadian women's soccer team announced that they were not going to train and they were not going to participate in a tournament taking place in Florida to protest um, some labor issues that they're having with Canada soccer. Um, Canada soccer stepped in and said, yeah, don't do that. And here's the legal reasons why you shouldn't. So they relented and said, under protest, we will participate. But this story isn't over and we're going to continue to try and deal with some of the issues that are outstanding. Um, yesterday, the president of of uh, Canada Soccer uh, resigned, Nick Bontis, saying the ongoing labor talks with the Canadian men's and women's teams will, he feels, produce an epic and historical deal for pay equity. But then he said change is required in order to achieve an agreement with both the men's and the women's team. So he stepped down. He was president since November of 2020 with the organization, though, since 2012. Um, Minister of Sport Pascal Saint-Ange uh, said uh, yesterday she expects his departure will, in fact, help with negotiations. Canada Soccer gets $20 million a year for an annual budget. Um, now, to put that in perspective, most competitive countries in soccer have a budget which is about 20 times that. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a lot, a lot of money when it comes to um, what's happening with other countries around the world. However, this is an interesting development. So let's have a conversation about what it might mean. We're going to have a chat with Taylor McKee, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Sport Management at Brock University. Taylor, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. So let's just get into a bit of the background around this. This has been going on for a really, really long time, right? I mean, the contract that they're talking about renegotiating, it expired, what, a year and a half ago now, more than that? Yeah, to be perfectly blunt, this is a gigantic mess. It is. <laughs> this is a, an unbelievable uh, mess during a period of time in which we should probably be looking at the, the state of Canadian soccer as a sort of period of unbridled success. This has been a dark cloud hanging over this team, uh, the, both national teams now, dating back at least two years. Um, and there have been whispers about unrest in Canadian soccer uh, at the very top of Canadian soccer for at least longer than that, maybe two, three, four years going back. And certainly yesterday, uh, a crescendo was reached in terms of how much unrest, and it was, we saw that with the resignation of Bond is at the very, very, very top. So when we're when we're talking about the issues that have been outstanding for so long, it's it's primarily about it's it's a labor it's a it's a that's what it comes down to a labor dispute, right? In terms of pay and and the rest of these sorts of things. Well, there are actually two separate disputes going on simultaneously, adding to the sort of mess that's going on here. It's one of the, the things that makes this dispute very difficult to sort of communicate to people is the women's team have a very, uh, very sort of separate set of concerns uh, from the men's team. And both of their concerns don't necessarily align with, with each other's. And this actually came about the first sort of public strike that took place was in the lead up to the World Cup. The men's yep. team went on strike during a game in Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah. And they outlined, exactly, and they, they outlined a list of concerns that they had regarding pay and compensation and things like that. And they said, we speak on behalf of you know, the, the national teams. And the women put out a statement which said, yes, we support 
the men's team and their issues uh, and the concerns that they've raised with Canada soccer. But our concerns are more about equity with the men's team itself. So you can see how there's kind of a double-barreled scandal that they've got going on here, a double-barreled labor dispute in which both teams have unique issues that they would like addressed and neither one of them are happy at the leadership at the very top and that's where we have the situation we got right now yeah leadership bontis how what's he been seen as uh an impediment or uh, uh you know something positive throughout this process obviously if he's resigning i would think he hasn't been seen as helpful Certainly not, and I think that this is the case with many sort of forms of governance and support. You can only really govern these types of organizations with, you know, to, to go John Locke on this, the consent of the governed, right? I mean, they, they must be okay with you leading this organization. Now, the main contention is, look, Canada Soccer, open your books. That's the, the, the common concern from both the men's and women's team. Open up your books. Let's see what the sponsorship agreements are. There's this rather unusual agreement uh, with something called Canada Soccer Business, which pays a certain amount to Canada Soccer. Uh, over the, this, they, they handle all the sort of sponsorship deals and things like that. And then they keep a certain amount of that money to fund the Canadian Premier League. Now, in a statement that the men's team uh, uh, issued recently, they basically took a little bit of a shot at the Canadian Premier League and said, why are we funding minor league soccer when we should be funding it at its highest levels? This has kind of caused even a debate among uh, many Canadian soccer fans to say, well, well, that's kind of a low blow. We've been asking for a domestic league for a long time. But again, underscoring the fact that these concerns are not uniform. Yeah. And at the very, 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 very top, um, change needed to happen. And it has happened. Does that mean that we've got new wind in the sails, so to speak, and we can make some progress on this and maybe we haven't been able to before? Oh, goodness, I hope so. I mean, I think a lot of Canadian soccer fans are, are, are really eager to put this yeah. behind us, but at the same, the same time, really eager to make sure that a fair deal is worked out uh, for the women's team, because the sort of display we saw at the She Believes Cup most recently was a rather bleak display. It really was quite quite disheartening to see a women's team so visibly dispirited and being essentially forced to play under protest. A team that Canadians receive a lot of joy from, a lot of pride in, it was not a great situation. No. And that became... that seeing the comments from both the coach, the players discussing how mentally and physically exhausted they were from these negotiations. This was clear to me that, you know, and everyone else was watching that this is an untenable situation. Hopefully that, uh, that type of display means that we're going to have a more uh, open and honest discussion about what the finances are. Uh, Rick Westhead about 15 minutes ago tweeted out that uh, uh, Canada soccer will be producing their books. They're being compelled to by members of parliament. Yeah. Uh, they're going to open their books up and uh, they're going to detail all of their sponsorship agreements. And they have to do that by Friday. Oh, wow. So certainly, whoever's in charge is going to have a, a heck of a, of a week on their hands here in terms of producing documents. But that's a big step forward. I mean, not only government's been calling for that, also the men's and women's programs have also been saying, we need to open the books and see exactly what we're dealing with here. So that's a big step forward already. Absolutely. And, and that's, again, constantly, okay, you, you're... One of the things that got Bontis in a lot of trouble was him saying, we'd like to have a facts-based discussion yeah. based on the economic realities of our situation. And they said, please elucidate what are those economic realities you are keeping us in the dark so there's a risk here for both sides here if they open up the books and the books don't look very hot i mean there's they're going to be there is a chance that, that both women's and men's teams are going to look like they're fighting over a rather small piece of the pie that's unlikely i mean it is far more likely that, that there's a lot of money left over that have been going uh, to, to projects that maybe the men's and women's team aren't going to be thrilled about but certainly we will know by the end of the week um last one what does it mean we know that when the canadian women returned to the uh the tournament you talked about in training they'd said they were doing it under protest and reluctantly and they were not done does this resignation does this change at the top sort of give uh, a little more runway to both sides to say okay we'll step back from some of the actions we've taken and and bargain in good faith and try and work towards a resolution or do you anticipate more the men saying we're not participating in the friendly with panama and women saying we're not taking part in this tournament Uh, do you think this will calm that down 
I mean, frankly, again, given the nature of their concerns, this resignation is, is truly just step, maybe not even one, step half of one. Okay. There's a Nations League game taking place in March here in, in Toronto, and I would say that that is very much uh, on the on the chopping block in terms of certainly the training games and the training preparations for that as well, given the fact that the men's concerns are so unique to the women's concerns as well. I would hope that this this signals a willingness to, to, to cooperate, as we've seen sort of a, uh, with Hockey Canada as well, where this is hopefully a reality check for them. But uh, but I guess we'll see very, very, very soon. Yeah, absolutely. And we will watch it closely. Taylor, thank you so much for your insight. Really appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna. And I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan. And I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.